More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Hour two of Clay and Buck starts right now, everybody. Thanks for rolling with us. You know, if you wanted to talk in the last hour about TikTok, we know we didn't get to uh, many calls, but uh, either stay with us a little bit or uh, call back in. Because we know also Andrew Tate, who we brought up here and discussed, because he's super popular still on TikTok while he sits in a uh, Romanian prison. He's a... I hate the term controversial figure, right? Because Clay... You're a controversial figure. Every time figure. you or I get mentioned, I'm a controversial figure. Yes, you know, it's, it's controversial. Anybody, anybody on the right is always called controversial. I don't even think Tate is necessarily on the right, but he's just somebody who they would describe that way. But anyway, um, the TikTok conversation, I think there's a lot of levels. I think it's a, a fascinating, uh, fascinating debate right now because of what the long-term implications for this are, and everyone's just figuring out, we are the first people really in the history of the world to have to deal with this notion of global connectivity, multi-billion dollar, maybe eventually trillion dollar media conglomerates that are able to direct and share information in a way that, you know, we're we're just, we're learning as a a human species, really, what the long-term implications are of, Social media, obviously, the Internet and connectivity like that in general, but what it means for regime stability, what it means for uh, for mass political movements around the world. There's a lot here that comes into this Chinese CCP controls ByteDance, ByteDance owns TikTok, TikTok says they'll divest in the U.S., the assets, are, you know, there's a lot of different layers. So I, just want, I just don't think it's as it's as cut and dry. Remember, even the position of the Hawks on this tends to be, I mean, I think this is fair to say your position, Clay, well, they definitely have to divest the, or, or I should say, um, not divest, but move the assets to U.S. soil and put under yeah. U.S. control and U.S. personnel. So, I mean, I, I agree with that. I just don't agree with the banning, and I think there are additional layers uh, beyond this. I also think that, you know, a lot of people are getting money from Chinese linked interests, not just the Bidens, um, that I think want to look tough on TikTok and don't want other 
commercial interests and and uh, and connections to be getting a lot of attention, right? Well, it's it's certainly hypocritical on some level to go to war with TikTok and be totally fine with Apple making all of its iPhones with yes. slave labor, basically, in China. We had a, and, we're having a mind melt here where, okay, so all your iPhones are made in China, but you can't have TikTok. Yeah, and the same thing, by the way, this has been something that I've been lacerating the NBA on for years, the idea that you're going to lecture America about human rights violations, but you allow Chinese billions to flow into your coffers without saying a word. Um, all of that hypocrisy really stands out. And Buck, what I would build on, it's it, we are living in such an information in, instantaneous universe that this to me ties in a lot with what we were discussing yesterday. Silicon Valley Bank essentially collapsed because in rapid viral order, everybody who had their money in that bank suddenly questioned whether their money was safe. And so they had something like $40 billion in requests for money to be withdrawn from that bank almost instantaneously because, Buck, everybody's on group chats, right? It's like if you and I and several of our buddies out there in the larger media ecosystem suddenly became uh, aware of any other story out there, and we're all reacting to it in real time, it spreads so rapidly. And, and it's not only just the multi-trillion dollar businesses out there. I'm going to go to a bar and have a beer before the basketball games that I'm going to tonight. Anybody could take a video inside of that bar, and if something happens in the bar, if somebody took a swing at me, you would see it like 30 seconds uh. after that video went up, right? I mean, like... Everything is instantaneous in a way that I don't think we've really understood how to contextualize. And also, it's often totally out of context, right? You see a 30-second clip, and you don't see the six or seven minutes that surrounded that 30 seconds, and yet people feel the need to react instantaneously to it everywhere. Yeah, we're already living in a mass surveillance state, everybody. Just a question of how the surveillance data is being used. But everything that you are buying, doing, every movement, everywhere you're going, not to sound conspiratorial it's not a conspiracy it's reality that is all being stored that is all being collated and so this notion that we can just you know i I think with tiktok i I feel and this is more of a long-term philosophical internet position yep but cutting the head off the hydra here and thinking that that's going to finish it off uh we got a whole that's why i bring up youtube and google and these other companies and also other you know international or or or, you know foreign-based corporations that are going to be involved in internet businesses that I think, or, you know, social media and information uh, transfer businesses of all kinds, that this is going to pose a lot of challenges. And, and we don't necessarily have people making the decisions about this who understand this stuff Correct. very well. That's also uh, what I'm afraid of is I don't hear hardly any discussion about it in general, Buck. The deep fake stuff. You're going to be able in five years, certainly in 10 years, to make a video that looks 100% accurate that is 100% made up of anybody saying whatever you want them to say, and all that stuff's going to go viral almost instantaneously. I I was thinking about the deepfake stuff this morning because of the deepfakes of Trump, and if you haven't seen them, some of them are pretty hilarious. Yes. There's Trump going full Tony Montana from Scarface where the police come for him, and he's got like a... You know, a big machine gun that's been... And it's not Photoshop, it's a deepfake. It's far more sophisticated-looking... Uh, but it's funny the, the ladies on the View weighed in on on the situation. And, oh, of course and they're they just, did. 
they're deeply disappointed. There's so many people, Clay, who are disappointed Trump hasn't been arrested yet. Play it. 13. You know who is still at large. <laughs> he is. Yes, he is. He is. Yes. He hasn't been arrested. No. Like he I, predicted. Well, you know, you kind of have to weigh it with all the other stuff he said. And you figure, well, you know, you said you won the election, you didn't win. Good point. You said they're coming to arrest you, they, they didn't arrest you. I said that to Joy, yeah. but why would we start believing him now? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Point. He manipulated everybody. The, we all rose to the occasion, the papers, everybody just went there. So so many people were excited. Liar. I love that. So many people were excited. Like, oh my gosh, Trump may be indicted on a bookkeeping error that's a campaign finance issue from five years ago. What would I honestly do if Trump wins? Like, if Trump comes back, I mean, they clearly have made him into the boogeyman. They've turned him into Hitler. Have you really thought through how... How I'm much it will? How much it will further destroy them? You know, emotionally, if Trump were to be president, I, I again don't even for four know years. how they get out of bed the day after the 2024 elections if Trump were reelected. Yeah, I, I that's such a I, you know honestly I hadn't I had I just keep thinking about how we win that I hadn't thought more about how they deal with Trump winning. You know, four that years. really hadn't been something I thought. Four years of Trump, right? Because. If he were to come back and win, a lot of these people's brains would explode. And I wonder how they would cover Trump because you would only have him for four more years, right? Would they try to argue, oh, he's going to change the Constitution and argue that he can run again? Like, what is the fear of Trump if he's only got four more years? But how are these people not going to have their brains explode if he returns into office? It's a great question. I, mean, I I don't know how they emotionally can handle it because I think one of the big one of the big takeaways of Trump's first term uh, is that he broke them emotionally and and the the media is ne- is never the same. Will never be the same. News media journalism uh, for whatever people Correct. think it is now. It's never coming back to what it was pre-Trump because we know too much about it now. Like the 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 whole. Or the general population, even people that aren't that obsessed with the news like we are, their perception and, and their reality of, of news and journalism is forever altered as a result of Trump. So what is the 2.0 version of that? Uh, I don't know, but I just also, I think that this this is interesting. It can kind of cut both ways. On the one hand, you have the possibility of a Trump ascension into, into term two. You know, it's the greatest... Owning of the libs. Remember, that was a phrase. Oh, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of owning of the libs during Trump uh, that we will have seen perhaps ever. That's one way. But the other way is that the emotional instability and, and emptiness of the Democrat left is such that they'll never grow tired of the hysteria that they had the first term. So the second term will just be more and they'll be more unhinged and and we'll have to sit through them. Believing, I mean, they thought that they thought that Donald Trump worked with Vladimir Putin to steal the 2016 election. Yeah. There's nothing that is too crazy for them to insist on and to drag the country through as another national nightmare for term two. So I, I don't. I mean, obviously we're we're getting way ahead of ourselves with this, and there's a primary and all this other stuff. But I don't know how the View would handle it. I do know that they would be popping the champagne corks though on set if he gets arrested, which is kind of hilarious because. What does it even mean if he gets arrested? Like, th- this is, 
I, I think that there's some part of the lib brain, Clay, that needs Trump to be arrested because they've just been told for so many years it will happen that this is now the expectation. It doesn't matter how minor it is. They just need it to happen. Well, and again, the challenge that I don't think most of them have worked through because what did Benjamin Franklin say? Passions rule and they often, and I'm going to mess up the quote, but it's it's essentially Benjamin Franklin, passions rule and they never rule wisely. They have allowed emotion to so take over the Democrat Party that there is no rational way that they can react. Now, we talk about threats to the democracy of, of January 6th. That's the obsession of the left right now. But you and I have talked about for a while, Buck, they didn't put all the ply board up. They didn't protect all the windows the night before the election and the night of the election because they thought Biden would win. How many American cities would burn if Trump wins in 2024? And how in the world can you reconcile all of the rioting that would occur as a result of potentially Trump winning in 24 with all of the threats that they made about democracy being at stake associated with January 6th? Because, Buck, the argument I've made for a while, and I think if you were a reasonably intelligent left winger, you would have to acknowledge it. What do you think would have happened? if the 2020 election had ended up tied 269 to 269, which it nearly did, and Trump had been chosen by the House of Representatives to win re-election in 2020. Things would have gotten ugly, Clay, uh, obviously. Uh, January 6th would have looked like like a a walk in the park compared to what they would have done. Where I'm going here, folks, is... The left, given what they did during 2020 that summer, BLM, the riots everywhere, that was before they had the ability to point to, it doesn't matter that it's unfair. I don't need people to tell me it's not the same. I know it's not the same, but they will, in their minds, and this will be true across the left, they'll say, well, look what they did on January 6th. They will make sure that whether it's Trump or DeSantis in 2024, the country will be having an election under the threat of cities uh, yeah. having whole neighborhoods burned down, riots through the streets. You all know that right now. I mean, the, the chance of that not happening, I would say, is very small. And at least that there's the perception of that duress. It's you better reelect Biden or else, I don't know, maybe your neighborhood gets burned down. There'll be Antifa lunatics and the activists of the left all over the place in major cities, and that will be the perception. I, I just think it, it, it follows with, with their whole narrative about January 6th. I don't think there's any doubt at all about it. Uh, asset managers, names you know, they're using your retirement funds to further their ESG agendas. Last year, state treasurers across the nation sent a message to stop playing politics with our pensions by divesting $5 billion from these companies. 25 states are suing to block ESG nonsense from endangering your retirements. Republicans on Capitol Hill recently passed a bill blocking the Biden administration from allowing huge asset managers from using your hard-earned money to further their ESG agenda. But while conservatives in the House and Senate have your back, guess what? President Biden just used his veto pen for the very first time this week to kill the bill. Senator Joe Manchin, a Democrat who voted to block ESG investing, blasted Biden's veto as, quote, infuriating 
charged it was putting a radical and progressive agenda ahead of the country's needs. These firms have a fiduciary duty to maximize returns. They should be held to account for playing politics with our pensions and doing it without our consent. To learn how Consumers Research is protecting all of us from these woke investment firms, go to consumersresearch.org. That's consumersresearch.org, paid for by Consumers Research. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, making sense in an insane world. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We're going to be joined by Julie Kelly here at the bottom of the hour to talk about the Trump grand jury investigation, also the continued persecution of the January 6th political prisoners. Uh, all of that still coming your way. Uh, but I wanted to uh, to hit you with this, Buck. I don't know if you saw this. I think we talked about it a little bit off air. Uh, there's a new poll out from Rasmussen. Yes, I understand in general, why a lot of you out there roll your eyes when you hear a new poll. But I did think this was interesting. How serious of a scandal is the Biden family's Chinese connection? Uh, reports have come out recently, million dollars plus being paid by Chinese interests to different members of Joe Biden's family. Uh, how many people said it was very somewhat serious? 65% of all voters, two out of three, 
said that this China scandal surrounding Joe Biden was very or somewhat serious. Not a surprise, actually a little bit low, I think. 80% of Republicans said, hey, we think this is a very or somewhat serious story. I'm actually surprised it's not closer to 100, personally. 67% of independents said this is a very or somewhat serious story. 60% of independents. 48% of Democrats. Again, this Rasmussen poll buck, almost a majority of Democrats said that this is a very or somewhat serious story. 80% of Republicans, 67% of independents, 48% Democrats, two-thirds overall. Maybe the cover-up's starting to kind of cut through. I do think this is interesting. Let's just take a step back and and have a look at all of this right now. Um, You're being told that the Chinese ownership of a company that I believe is, you know, traded on the stock market and has a U.S. based team and everything else. Put aside whether you think it's a good idea or a bad idea, but whether personally Biden is, is on board for we got to get rid of this. We're going to have to ban TikTok unless because that's too much influence being able to determine the algorithm and have access to the information. Meanwhile, members of the Biden family, his, his immediate family have received and this is a matter of record, millions of dollars from a Chinese-backed corporation. What is it, CFC, China or something? I forget what the... Millions of dollars directly to the family of the man who is far and away the most important person in foreign policy for this country and, and you could argue around the world, right? Yeah. One of these things is a huge deal that Biden wants to take a lot of interest in and deal with. Oh, they're... Showing your kids too many videos that are, you know, I don't like them. And the other one is not a big deal at all. They're paying off Bidens with millions of dollars, and the Chinese Communist Party is. And that is not a problem. I I think if one is a problem, the other's a problem. I think that's well said. (laughs) And i got to be honest with you. The fact that nearly a majority of Democrats think this is a big story makes me think that slowly Biden's incompetence is cutting through, and I don't think it's a coincidence today, 38%, second lowest approval rating, according to the AP, came out about Joe Biden. And, Buck, I just mentioned this. Still no date for his announcement, right? We're basically to April. When is Biden going to officially announce? Good question. Switching gears here to gun owners out there, you know ammo is really expensive, so that makes training on the range expensive, which means you want to get the most out of every round you fire, right? So how can you keep your skills sharp and make sure range day is a great day for you without all that expensive ammo? The Mantis X system. Mantis X is a firearms training system that I've got here at home. It's a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. Your Mantis X attaches to your firearm like a weapon light, the Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback in your technique, guides you through drills and courses. It's super effective and actually a lot of fun, too. Nearly every shooter improves in 20 minutes of using it. It's a must-have for every gun owner out there. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Go to MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. A looming Trump indictment in New York. Ongoing January 6th trials in D.C., perhaps another thousand of them in the queue, by the way. Who can we talk to that knows so much about all this, following it so closely, and can bring real insight to it? Our friend Julie Kelly, senior writer at American Greatness and author of January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Julie, good to have you back on the program. 
Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks for the great, uh, what do they call it, walk-up music? <laughs> That's right. Yes. Uh, so it. talk to us about this proud boys trial that's going on right now because because you've been you've been following this and getting the word out that there's some as a pretty remarkable i mean a real bombshell motion uh regarding an fbi informant who infiltrated defense legal team tell us what's going on here right so this is the seditious conspiracy trial of five members of the proud boys including its leader uh their leader enrique terrio Now, we know from witness testimony and court filings, even though a lot of it is under seal, that anywhere between 10 to 15 FBI informants were embedded in this group months before January 6th. Um, So we know that at least that we have that evidence. What was stunning yesterday and really came as a shock and blindsided the defense team is they were scheduled to call a witness, a defense witness, on their behalf to the stand today in front of the jury. Yesterday afternoon, the prosecutors out of the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office told the defense team that their own witness was an FBI informant and had been an informant during the entire investigation from April 2021 through January of 2023 when the trial started. This completely stunned the defense team because this witness, of course, they've been communicating with. It turns out that this witness, the FBI informant, was sort of infiltrating and spying on defense lawyers, their strategy, talking to defendants, even talking to defendants' families. They were involved in some sort of prayer group, it looks like, with the defendants. Uh, I mean, this sort of stuff is beyond the pale. So, of course, the defense immediately filed a motion seeking all records related to this FBI informant, any recordings that he had, and they filed that last night. The government was supposed to file their motion today. In response, they did, but that is under seal. We cannot take a look at it, but there's a hearing on the matter scheduled uh, at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Julie, I mean, you've done unbelievable work covering all of these uh cases i encourage people to go follow you uh at julie kelly uh we'll retweet this interview but i want to dive into what buck led with uh the alvin bragg investigation that's going on in new york city you've been coming on with us for years now um i think and we've been discussing would trump be indicted or not and i believe you and i have both been on the side of yes he will be indicted at some point i think you even said did you add 110% certainty at one point uh, or another, if <laughs> yeah. I'm quoting you accurately on the show? Do you think that Alvin Bragg is going to get this indictment done? Do you think it's still going to happen in Georgia? How do you think Merrick Garland is going to handle this? How would you sort of assess the larger Trump legal landscape as we sit here on a Thursday heading into the weekend? It doesn't seem like it's going to happen this week in New York City, at least. That's what it looks like, um, and it, I don't know what sort of turmoil is happening. But look, the whole idea that this DA's office leaked to someone at NBC News last week that law enforcement agencies were told to prepare for the uh, you know possible announcement of an indictment when they hadn't even finished the grand jury proceedings, which of course are secret, and the whole presumption that this grand jury would return an indictment before they were even finished presenting all the evidence as it 
as if it were a foregone conclusion. Perhaps that riled some of the grand jury members. Of course, they're not supposed to pay attention to the media. They probably do. So uh, it looks like the certain indictment certainly is not coming this week. Who knows if it will next week. But I think when we were discussing it, and I still truly believe that uh, Special Counsel, Special Prosecutor Jack Smith, uh, will hand down criminal indictments at some point. We see the investigation ramping up, uh, even forcing uh, Trump's attorney, Evan, Evan Cochran, to uh, turn over uh, you know, his notes, perhaps even recordings of phone calls that were seized by uh, the government and turned over at the order of Beryl Howell, who was the chief judge. She just retired on Friday. That was her parting shot at Donald Trump. So I still think his greatest legal exposure is uh, at the hands of Merrick Garland's DOJ and uh, Special Prosecutor Jack Smith. Do you think, Julie, with that in mind, that the Department of Justice might be trying to put pressure on Bragg and maybe also this uh, Georgia state prosecutor as well to not defile state charges as it pertains to Georgia or New York? Because in some ways that steps all over what the Department of Justice itself might do. It very well could be the case. Of course, all of these prosecutors talk, whether they're state or federal. Um, and so maybe they did want to hold off what Brad was planning to do. They really want a maximum impact when Trump is charged on criminal, either obstruction, conspiracy, could even be seditious conspiracy. This is why the Proud Boys trial is so important to the Department of Justice, because if they get convictions, which they probably will, that would justify a case against Trump for the same charge because, of course, they're, you know, they use the whole stand back and stand by comment from Donald Trump in the presidential debate. Um, so that could be the case. Uh, I just, I don't know. It sort of came out of nowhere and now it's kind of fizzled out. Um, the Georgia cases I'm less familiar with. Um, but, you know, they've had a grand jury looking into Donald Trump's uh, involvement. Uh, or blame for January 6th for months now. And that seems to be really escalating. So those are the charges I predicted, and I still feel certain will will be produced. And so, Julie, uh, we're speaking to Julie Kelly for everybody who is uh, at American Greatness, and her book is January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Uh, Just one more for you, Julie. The thousand or so i think it was they said what 800 to 1200 um that the dc court system is now claiming are going to be additionally prosecuted on january 6th are those did they save more of the uh serious or less serious in their minds cases because it seems like this is being timed to coincide with the election cycle right so i think they're most uh, serious charges have already been filed, and this would be against the Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, etc. They just got six new convictions in the Oath Keepers uh, case this week. So, uh, you know, things are, are speeding along in terms of the bigger so-called militia groups or the most more high-profile defendants. So I think this will basically be scooping up more misdemeanor um, cases, adding perhaps the obstruction felony or the civil disorder felony. But look, they've already arrested and charged nine people this month alone. I mean, this is 26 plus months later, and this could go on for years. The FBI actually warned uh, during the two-year anniversary of January 6th 
This is a political persecution. Um, it is destroying people's lives. It is silencing uh, dissent, as we see. Uh, you know, this past week when Trump was calling for protests, everyone was justifiably warning against that because this Department of Justice, this Biden regime, has successfully criminalized uh, political speech and activity. And that is really dangerous uh, uh, slope where we're, where we're headed. So this will be their ongoing mission to continue to criminalize it into the 2024 election, to your point. So rallies or protests, et cetera, uh, people will be very hesitant to participate in lest they be considered a domestic terrorist. Julie Kelly, thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate your insights. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. It's a tragic statistic to report, but one in five pregnancies will end in abortion. Access to the abortion pill accounts for over 50% of all abortions. How do we protect the lives of unborn children with all of that happening? Supporting the pre-born network of clinics may be the best option, the best solution to help save lives. The staff at their nationwide chain of clinics have saved over 200,000 babies to date. Their staff welcomes mothers with unplanned pregnancies with support and unconditional love. Most impactfully, they introduce them to the precious life growing inside them through an ultrasound. Once that mother hears the heartbeat, the majority of the time she will choose life for her baby. Without the ultrasound, the odds are not in favor of life. The ultrasound is a game changer. Your generosity toward preborn clinics has had a huge impact. One ultrasound is just $28. Every tax deductible donation, big or small, helps to save the unborn. Preborn receives no government funding and is completely dependent on the pro-life community. For just $28, you can help save a life. To donate, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K sponsored by Preborn. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Find every podcast as they're released and listen. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. 
On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. You know, uh, thanks to Julie Kelly, by the way, who is legitimately one of the only person in uh, people in America who has bothered to care at all about the January 6th political prisoners, the way they're being treated, their lack of legal representation. You should be following her on Twitter because she works her ass off on these cases when a lot of people have just turned their back and pretended that they don't exist at all uh, look people get mad at me when i say this and i do think that this is a we're just provide this is a provided fact um that not a single dollar went from uh the trump orbit uh for january 6 defendants many of whom as we know were treated horribly unfairly and everything else not a single dollar went until trump Reannounce his uh, election, or re- reannounce his candidacy. So, and that I think is he gave the same amount that I did, Buck. Correct, uh, and gave the like same a- amount that Clay Travis gave because Julie Kelly was compelling one day on our show. Now, people can get mad at me for pointing that out. That is a numerical fact and a reality right now. And I do think that there are some people who that does not sit well with. Yeah. All right. Much less serious. We may have to check the transcripts. Because Uh-oh. we and maybe maybe listeners out there can can aid and abet in this. Buck and I have made a series of stake bets. Buck has won one stake. We are in agreement. Oh yeah. I Kobe said beef. I said that Hunter Biden would be prosecuted before the end of twenty twenty two. That did not happen. Buck is plus one in the state department. We may have to check the transcripts and we may have to check the tape. I believe there is still a bet out there that both Hunter Biden and Donald Trump will be indicted. Right? The, the, the two for bet, the two for one. Two there, for bet right? is still the, floating, right? That's still so, out there. You think they TBD. both get indicted? Yes. And I believe we have a bet on whether Donald Trump will get indicted. There is some dispute, aka Buck but, Sexton does not remember specifically whether this bet. Yeah, may hold, have on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Was it was it a federal indictment though, having to do with your? Because this, I don't know if this this brag possible campaign thing that was not what we were talking about. We, Just to we be clear. need we need a we need to go to the full transcript investigation into exactly what bets are out there. Because I think I think I lost a stake. I'm going to be buying stakes everywhere, but I think I lost a stake bet to Ann Coulter over whether Herschel Walker would win or not. One hundred percent, you lost that stake bet too. And yes, Coulter, um, wherever you are, you could call the collect. And I think, though, she also bet me that Trump would not run. What did she bet? We have another one that's out um, there. 
there were, there's a stake bet there that you and I were on the you and I were on the stake bet with her that Donald Trump would be the nominee. Yes, you hear that? For anybody who thinks Clay and I had the side of the bet that Trump would be the Republican nominee, and our friend Ann took the side of the bet that it would be Ron DeSantis. That's right. So we will see uh, what ends up happening there. I might go like 0 for 5 on these bets before all is said and done. I mean, I'm going to be buying. I might as well just open a steak restaurant at this point so I can save some money. Uh, but we do need to check the transcripts on this. Julie, to her credit, said on the show 110% Donald Trump is going to be indicted. Yeah. And I do wonder, Buck, as we roll into the weekend, after all the leaks, after all the shenanigans, after all the talk, what is actually going on in this Alvin Bragg investigation such that where it feels like they were going full speed ahead, we're indicting Donald Trump, Trump himself put up that he expected to be indicted on Tuesday, we're now going to go into another week. Are they running into some difficulties? Could there be pressure being put upon Alvin Bragg by national Democrats quietly behind the scenes who don't like this case remember the department of justice already considered years ago and rejected the idea of prosecution i I have to amend something that i said uh, a couple of days ago when we were first talking about this that there's no downside for bragg to indict that is almost certainly true but taking us to the what if trump wins cat not wins in court wins the presidency yeah There will be a lot of people if Bragg were to indict Trump and then Trump went on because we do know there will be a rallying effect. I don't think anyone doubts there would be. Look, we're rallying to him right now saying this is crazy and they shouldn't be uh, they shouldn't be indicting him. Right. I mean, everyone's going to be saying this is this is reckless. There's going to be a a sense that the only way to deal with this corrupt machinery um, of the Democrats and and just the, the 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 apparatus in general would be. To have Trump as the fighter. And what I'm saying is, if Bragg indicts and then Trump becomes president, there may be people who say, well, if Bragg hadn't indicted him, he might not have even won the primary. That might be, I know it sounds a little crazy, but look at what we're talking about in the first place. We're already in crazy town. It's just a wonder, we're just wondering how many are showing up for dinner. And I think that there's a possibility that they, they don't know what the second order political effects of this will be. And that's causing some of the, because whether, I think with Clay, whether he wins or loses on this in court, DA's lose thing. There's no way he politically suffers, even if he loses in court against Trump on this issue. I don't, no one, no one's going to care in New York. Especially because I think Trump's going to win on an appeal, but he's going to be able to argue, oh, this is because Trump appointed judges, right? Especially if it goes all the way to the Supreme Court, they'll say the rig job was in effect there. Here is something that I would say all of you should have in the back of your mind. What is the time frame here under which charges would have to be brought against Trump? Because we know that the Mar-a-Lago raid happened in August of last year, right? I would argue that this thing has to be resolved by August of this year, i.e. whether charges are going to be brought against Trump at all. Given that he's an announced candidate, and given that January seems to be the expected date of the Iowa caucuses, by the time you get to Labor Day, you're officially into the political season. That's why I think, ultimately, the Department of Justice is going to come out because of all the Biden classified document scandal. And Merrick Garland is going to lecture both sides, say they both were uh, not the best when it came to handling documents and avoid trying to bring charges. Because otherwise, 
you've got a situation where Trump potentially as the Republican nominee is facing federal charges in the middle of an election. I but just don't know that that happens. I just want to say we're going to talk next about a uh, a transgender cycling champion from yes. New York. Could could you beat this individual in an arm wrestling match? <laughs> we should talk about I doubt it. it. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.